Hello and welcome. You are listening to Patrick Boyle on Finance, a podcast exploring ideas from quantitative finance, examining events occurring in markets right now and financial history to see what lessons can be taken away, including interviews with some of the most interesting people in the world of finance. To learn more about the podcast, visit onfinance.org. For those living in the United States, there's recently been some good inflation news as falling energy prices reduced inflation for the month of July. Europe is not nearly as lucky, where all European countries, except for France and Switzerland, are expected to have higher inflation in 2022 than the United States, based on recent OECD estimates. Germany's central bank chief warned that the recent surge in energy prices was likely to drive German inflation above 10% this autumn and keep it elevated next year. Prices charged by German industrial producers rose 37.2% in the year to July, the highest increase in recent history. Citigroup announced earlier this week that they expect the UK inflation rate to hit 18% next January, making the current US inflation rate of 8.5% look quite mild. One of the biggest reasons for the difference in inflation rates is energy costs, and in particular the cost of natural gas. The front-month benchmark European natural gas contract hit $291.90 per megawatt-hour earlier this week. That would be around $490 a barrel on an oil-equivalent basis. Quite expensive. The cost of natural gas in the United States has risen too, but to a much lower absolute price. That's because the US became a major energy producer in recent decades, while Europe reduced their production of fossil fuels and relied on Russia as a major supplier of oil and gas. Those imported supplies have declined since the Russian invasion of Ukraine. The UK energy regulator Ofgem is expected to announce this Friday an increase in the energy price cap to more than £3,500 for an average household's energy needs. That's an increase of 75% on current levels. This means that more than 10% of the average household income in the UK will be spent on energy. Continental European gas prices are at present more than 14 times their average of the past decade. The cost of living crisis is made worse by falling inflation-adjusted wages. Real wages in the UK fell at the fastest rate for at least 20 years in the second quarter of this year. This squeeze occurred despite strong pay growth and a lively jobs market. Wages actually went up by 4.7% in nominal terms over the period, but the rise in pay was dwarfed by the rocketing cost of living. Certain commodities like milk, which have seen no price rises in over a decade, are now up 40% in the last year in Europe, while being up only 15% over the same time period in the United States. Why has the price of milk gone up so much? 
Well, two of the biggest inputs for dairy farmers are cattle feed and fertiliser, which are up 83% and 179% respectively over the last year. The price of synthetic fertiliser is mostly driven by the cost of natural gas, and of course the cost of cattle feed is driven by the cost of fertiliser and transportation. Water scarcity has hit more than 60% of Europe, from Italy to the United Kingdom. An unusually dry winter, followed by a hot and dry summer, have caused record low river levels. This shortage is affecting nearly all sectors, from agriculture to the shipping industry. The low river levels mean that cargo ships have had to reduce their loads, leading to higher transport costs and supply chain delays. UK house prices rose at an annual rate of 11% last month, marking the 12th consecutive monthly rise. In the rest of Europe, house prices and rents have been rising too. Despite all of the talk of the shift to hybrid work, central London apartment rents are 6% higher than they were pre-pandemic. In the UK, small and medium-sized enterprises, which together employ around three-fifths of the UK workforce, are feeling the squeeze from increasing wage bills, higher raw material costs, the supply chain crunch, and the fallout from Brexit. In the second quarter, almost all small businesses in the hospitality, manufacturing, construction, and retail sectors reported higher input costs than in the same quarter last year. The UK Federation of Small Businesses has predicted that this winter more than 5% of these businesses could go under. In the past, many of these businesses would have struggled to pass on the cost increases they are seeing to their customers, but the media spotlight on Russia's invasion of Ukraine has made customers more understanding of the predicament these businesses find themselves in. Cost increases are coming at Europeans from all angles. In the United States, only around 10% of outstanding home mortgages are floating rate mortgages. Americans typically buy homes with 30-year fixed rate loans. Most European mortgages, on the other hand, are floating rate loans with a fixed rate for just the first five years. The type of mortgages available varies by country within Europe too, with adjustable rate mortgages most common in Austria, Greece, Italy, Portugal and Spain. Because of the historically low interest rate environment that we've seen over the last 20 years, the total debt service burden on euro area households has remained stable despite continuously rising levels of household indebtedness. This rise in debt, though, has made households significantly more exposed to being squeezed as interest rates rise. Most UK borrowers have mortgages where the interest rate is currently fixed for the next short while, but about 1.3 million of those fixed rate loan periods will expire this year, and another 1.8 million are expected to expire next year, according to UK Finance. Rising interest rates will cost many borrowers much more than rising energy bills will. 
in a sign that UK pensioners are feeling increasingly vulnerable about their financial position, the data shows a jump in the number of over 65s either going back to work or staying in employment. This rise is likely to have been caused by a desire amongst those of retirement age to ease financial pressures. Inflation in the UK is not just squeezing the nation's citizens, it's also hitting the government hard. Britain pioneered the issuance of inflation-linked bonds in the 1980s, with the idea that the government's commitment to reducing inflation would directly lower borrowing costs. Soaring inflation is now exacerbating the pain of excessive debt. Inflation-linked bonds make up almost a quarter of total UK central government debt, which compares to 8% in the United States and around 5% in Germany. UK government interest payments in June more than doubled, with this increase being entirely down to the rise in inflation-linked bond payments, which are tied to the surging retail price index. So inflation is a real problem in Europe right now, and while there are many factors playing into it, at the core is the cost of energy. Russia, while part of the problem, is by no means entirely to blame. In the 1960s and 70s, Europe was producing roughly the same amount of natural gas that it was using, but production began to decline as the North Sea gas fields depleted and the Netherlands began shutting down extraction. The Netherlands has the largest deposits of natural gas in the EU. Over the last 20 years or so, Europe has been reducing its dependence on fossil fuels, particularly coal, in order to reach its climate goals. Germany even passed a law to phase out nuclear power altogether, a plan that they accelerated in the wake of the Fukushima disaster in Japan. Interestingly, Japan announced today a plan to restore nuclear power due to the ongoing global power crisis. Germany shut down half of its nuclear power stations last December, and the final three nuclear power stations are scheduled to be decommissioned this coming December. Many are obviously arguing that these plants should be kept running due to the current energy situation. Belgium, Switzerland and the UK have been reducing their nuclear power generation capacity in recent decades too. For these reasons, European nations have become increasingly reliant on Russian natural gas to fill the gap between the phase-out of their existing energy supplies and their transition to zero emissions renewables and storage, which they plan to eventually use as a full replacement. The war in Ukraine has simply underscored the risk for Europe of overdependence on one frequently unfriendly energy provider. Another problem in the European energy markets is the way the EU's energy pricing system works. It operates on a model where wholesale electricity costs reflect the price of the last unit of energy bought via auctions held in the member states. Most of the time natural gas is the fuel that's needed to make sure enough energy is supplied to meet demand. So even in countries like France, where cheaper nuclear power provides around 70% of electricity, natural gas prices still drive the wholesale electricity price. And as the gas price has soared, so has the price of electricity. 
Part of the reason European energy markets are structured this way is that it means that all suppliers in the market, including cheaper to generate wind or solar installations, get the price paid for the most expensive offer accepted. This subsidizes the capital-intensive installation of these technologies. In contrast to Europe, the United States has become a major energy producer in recent decades. But due to a lack of transportation infrastructure, the US can't ship sufficient natural gas to Europe to meet the demand. For much of the last decade, the world economy got by on the shale oil boom, and without US production more than doubling between 2010 and 2019, the world would have struggled to power itself, as conventional crude oil production, by that I mean oil drilled without fracking or from tar sands, stagnated over that period. World economic growth still does require fossil fuel production, and without more investment and exploration, there's unlikely to be sufficient supply in the medium term to meet demand. The demonization of the fossil fuel industry, one of the most important industries in the world, has meant that traditional energy projects have been starved of investment for quite some time. Politicians are surprised when oil companies return capital to investors rather than investing in new production, but equally they tell these companies that they'll be shut down in the near future and replaced with other sources of energy. The recent lack of investment in reliable energy production and infrastructure has materially impacted the supply side of the equation. It's estimated that as much as a trillion dollars in investment has been postponed or cancelled over the last few years, with a large part of that related to the ESG and green energy pushes. Things may be changing somewhat. A new European law was approved this month by the European Parliament designating natural gas and nuclear energy as sustainable. This came after months of fierce debate. Very little can be done to immediately accelerate any transition from fossil fuels. Britain's planned micro-nuclear reactors, which are a good idea, would not be completed for at least a decade. Running electricity grids on base loads of solar and wind power will require technological breakthroughs on electricity storage and will equally require huge extraction of lithium, nickel, cobalt and copper, well beyond what's happening right now. More offshore drilling of the kind opened up in the Gulf of Mexico and Alaska by Biden's Inflation Reduction Act will require either higher sustained energy prices or investors becoming willing to pour in capital with no regard for the prospect of profit, as these projects are expensive and require decades of production to break even and eventually provide a return for investors. Right now, oil and gas companies are being told that these projects will be shut down by regulations long before they reach break-even. In many parts of Europe, planning rules have made it extremely difficult or prohibitively expensive for homeowners to adequately insulate their homes. Modern insulation would greatly increase energy efficiency. It has up until recently been seen as more important to preserve the historical appearance of buildings than to install things like double glazed windows, for example. So far, EU energy policy has been unsuccessful in its promise to provide 
clean, reliable and affordable energy. It's given Europe some of the world's most expensive but clean energy. Consumer protection, supply security and price moderation have not been prominent objectives for the EU up until now. There's growing pressure in the UK to exploit shale gas and Germany is considering reopening coal-fired power plants in order to keep its economy running. Norway and the Netherlands have the potential to step up oil and gas exploration and production, but this may not happen for political reasons. To be clear, I'm not advocating for abandoning all environmental policies, but it can be argued that additional CO2 emissions from European sources would simply replace Russian CO2 emissions and that fossil fuel extraction within Europe would likely adhere to higher environmental standards than are applied in places like Russia. Right now, European governments are trying to alleviate the pressures on households and small businesses of the cost-of-living crisis. This involves state funding to reduce rising energy bills by subsidising distributors, as in France, or transferring money to citizens to pay those bills, as in the UK, or big subsidies for public transport, as we're seeing in Spain. In a world of global trade, even if the US does avoid a recession, sluggish European growth could weigh on global markets well into 2023. Have a great day and see you again soon. Bye. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe so you're notified when a new episode is posted. Thank you to everyone who is supporting this content on Patreon. If you enjoyed this content, you can find more like it on YouTube, on the Patrick Boyle on Finance channel, or follow us on Twitter at Patrick E. Boyle. Thanks for listening. Bye.